Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more R slash Matterbird Ho. And if you love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And before we do jump into today's stories, I just want to say a couple of thank yous to Vmin for the rejoin, Lucy Walsh for joining us, Charlie P, the Knitting Sprout for your rejoin, Ekaterina Galkina. Thank you so much for your rejoin as well. And I hope I did pronounce your name right. Thank you so much for everyone for spending your time with me today. And let's crack on with today's stories. Much love, guys. Now, our first story is going to follow with an update. And it's from Potato, who says, Would I be the asshole if I let my nephew call me dad because he's ashamed of his parents? Five years ago, when I was 21, my brother and his wife were sentenced to more than 20 years of prison. They left their two-year-old son, Danny, in my care. Due to the circumstances, I was given his full custody, and I have also legally adopted him since. As far as I'm concerned, he's my kid. However, I got him when he had began talking, and he called me Uncle OP, and I never addressed myself in any other way to him. Three days ago, he came back from school in tears. We just started sending kids back to school here and he wouldn't tell me what's wrong. I thought he was bullied or something like that so I called his teacher to ask what's up. She was cagey at first but then very apologetically told me that the class was supposed to write about their parents. Some asshole kids teased him because he refused to tell them why he wrote about me instead of his mum and dad. I talked to Danny and managed to get the rest of the story from him. During it all he said something along the lines of why can't I just call you dad? Now, that might be just him venting, and I'm taking this way too far. I would be lying if I said I didn't like the sound of it, but also, I've been trying really hard at least to keep him aware of his parents' existence. I always write Christmas cards and take photos of him on his birthday to send to his parents, and I keep him involved in it, even if only to write his name at the bottom of the letter. Neither of us are enthusiastic about it, but I want to be able to say that we tried, if that makes sense. If he had asked to call me dad because that's genuinely how he sees me, I would have said yes in a heartbeat, but he didn't. It was a less genuine want and more out of shame of his parents, which I get really. It's hard to be sympathetic knowing what they did, but he didn't, and if I had any say, he won't for a long time. I know I wouldn't be the a-hole if I let him call me whatever he wants out of love, but would I still be justified if I let him call me dad out of spite for his parents? Now this one feels, it's a, it's a difficult one I think, but it's, it's a definite not the arsehole for me in the way that I'm seeing it is, you know, to me I'm not sure what their parents did, but to get that sort of jail time I imagine it's going to be quite a bad thing. So I sort of see it as they've let their own child down. And I'm not sure if that seems harsh or not, but that's the way I see it. And he was a fantastic uncle and stepped in when the son needed it. And the son has only known you as their primary carer. And what we always say is on this channel is that, you know, family isn't 
I was going to say family isn't always blood, but he is blood in this case, isn't he, as well? But I think it's okay because you're all he's ever known in his life. You've been, as I said, his primary carer. So I don't think there's anything wrong. And I think it may be out of love as well, not just out of spite. You're the one he looks up to as his guardian. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, in my opinion. And you're going to be his guardian until he's an adult. So... But we'll cover some comments and then we'll move to the update. And we have from Far Honey who says not the arsehole. I don't really think that it's spite though. He's still very young. Might be worthwhile having that. Buddy, if you want to call me dad, that's your choice. And I would definitely be okay with whatever you decide. Talk if you're down for it. Rack says not the arsehole. But I have a feeling he doesn't want to call you dad out of spite. He probably feels like his parents are not really in his life. And your insistence to make him call you uncle probably makes him feel really lonely. Like he doesn't have any parents. You are his dad. Lee Doobie Doo says, realistically speaking, you are more his dad or parent than his ever were. Part of it might be out of spite, but more likely it's because that's how he actually views you. Sometimes it takes something terrible like mean little asshole kids to realize that. Not the asshole either way, especially considering how young he is. If you consider him your son, then you're his dad. Perry Dot says, not the asshole. Not sure how you feel about it, but legally your nephew is your son. And you're all he's ever known for a parent, so it's 100% valid of him to want to call you dad, if that's what he wants, and what you're comfortable with. You are absolutely in the right. And one more from Chick with Cats, who says, not the asshole, you are doing that job. You are his dad, especially since you've adopted him. A friend with something remotely similar calls her bio parents by their first names. They've not been mum and dad. I'd suggest letting him lead. Now let's move on to the update to see what that says. So update. First of all, I would like to thank you all for your replies, suggestions, and even personal stories. I really appreciate all of them. As per majority, or maybe even all of the comments, I took Danny for an ice cream after school and really talked to him. Many of you speculated that he was mostly frustrated by the lack of concrete parental figure in his life and it boiled over in a very stressful situation and you were right. Poor kid was so terrified when I asked him and I felt like shit. How did I not see this for so long? We talked it out until both of our ice creams are melted and I'm so proud that he's willing to talk it out with me. Even if it makes me a little sad to hear such grown up words coming out of such a young kid. I think the exact resolution of whether he's calling me dad is a topic to be discussed over the course of many months, maybe even years. The most important thing is that I told him that I love him like he's my own son and that when I talk about him to my co-workers, I call him my kid and my Danny because that's what he is. And also because there's at least two other people in my office with Danny of their own, but mine is the best out of all of them. I told him that even if he's not comfortable calling me dad at home, he's free to do whatever it takes to protect himself. If he has to call me dad at school so his kids won't tease him, I'm glad I can help him. There's nothing to be ashamed of from not having a mum and dad at home. But if telling people you do will get them to leave him alone, then by all means, do it. I also sent an email about that last part to his teacher. She's new. This is her first class ever. I understand making mistakes and she seems eager to steer her class to the right direction. And I'm all for turning this into a good learning experience for everyone. I mean, I fucked up too. Even if my intention was good, I still failed to see his need over my idea of doing what's right. To that end, I'm currently in contact with a child counselor, mostly to ask a trained third party for advice in dealing with my brother and sister-in-law, preferably before Christmas. I'd also like to keep that option open just in case, since some people wrote about potential traumatic outbursts, which I think is a reasonable thing to prepare for. I think that is everything from me. 
Once again, thank you for all your help and care. And I think that was a really nice update and I really enjoy it once we get a positive update after a story. There's been a couple recently where, you know, the, the outcomes in the end have been negative, but it's always nice to get an update on them. But it's nice to get a positive one, I think. And I think and I hope with a role model like OP, the child is just going to thrive in life and I really hope the best for them. What do you guys make of this story? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next one. Our next story is from OKNail7633 titled, Am I the asshole for abruptly leaving my boyfriend and his family dinner after they refused to respect my allergies? I-19 female recently got the chance to safely see my boyfriend, 20 male, family for a dinner. I work as a paramedic and would reject going to any plans my boyfriend had with me wanting to see his family due to COVID. I recently got the chance to have a two-week vacation and decided to accept my boyfriend's offer to see his family. I asked my boyfriend what would be served and just checking to see if what they would make won't have seafood slash shellfish since I'm allergic to them. The day comes and I had a good time with them up until it was time for us to eat. I noticed the food they had mostly had either seafood in it or was entirely seafood. I asked if they had anything else, but my boyfriend insisted I should just eat a little to not be disrespectful. I stood my ground and informed him and his family I'm severely allergic to seafood and after they insisted that they won't serve me or make anything that doesn't have seafood, I thanked them and left. Today, I got an angry text message from my boyfriend, upset that I disrespected him and his family wanted me to apologize to them and I'm not going to. Am I the asshole? This is a clear not the asshole to me. You check beforehand if, it, if the food was going to have seafood or shellfish. The day comes around and they try to pressure you to, into eating something you're allergic to. What kind of attitude is that? <laughs> I just don't get the logic. It's one of those ones where I'm just like, what? I can't imagine a family sitting there picturing the scene with OP sat there and said, just try a little bit. We know you're allergic to it, but just try a bit to be respectful. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> no. But literal garbage yo says, this is a tough one. Should you protect yourself from a severe allergy attack or should you protect your boyfriend's family's feelings? Not the asshole OP and drop the boyfriend. He's got a medical condition where his head is stuck real deep somewhere. And Neen Nitz says, what is disrespectful is telling someone to endanger themselves to cater to people unwilling to be reasonable people. Not the asshole. Your boyfriend is actively trying to hurt you. Die Harder says not the asshole and quotes, I got angry text messages. Then says, you wanted me to eat something that could kill me. We aren't together anymore. Why are you texting me? Moon Girl says, not the asshole. What did they expect for you to intentionally give yourself an allergy attack? Obtuse says, uh, so no offense, but are they all stupid or what? Do they not understand what allergies are? Not the asshole, obviously. And one more from Zaphod Beeblebrox, who says, not the asshole. Time for a new boyfriend. He's completely disrespectful. Now, what do you guys make of this situation? Put yourself in the seat at that table in OP's position and they were pressuring you to eat something you're allergic to, how would you feel? What would you do if you found yourself in that situation? I know it's very easy to say like, just time to fuck off or whatever, but sometimes it can be a bit more difficult for other people. How would you react to it? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And our next story comes from Chatenoir13. Am I the asshole for insisting on a refund even if she says I'll kill her company? In May, I entered into an agreement to purchase an antique tapestry for several thousand dollars. Per the agreement, I would pay X amount every 15 days until it was paid, at which point the tapestry would be shipped to me. I made sure that everything was in writing, official invoice tracked electronic payments. I made my payment, not a penny was late. It was paid off at the end of August. Seller wrote to me confirming that it was paid off and that she would send it out the next day and send me the tracking number. A week passed and nothing arrived. No tracking number, no tapestry. Every couple of days, I would ask for the tracking number and was answered with promises to get it out the next day, followed by excuses as to why it hadn't gone out yet. I heard everything from getting ready for a grand opening to it was locked in her business partner's house and she didn't have a key. At one point, she even asked me to drive five hours to meet her to pick it up in person. I don't have time for that. At the end of September, after a month of broken promises and flimsy excuses, I requested a refund, which she didn't even acknowledge, but promised to get out the next day. Today, a week into October, I called my card company and asked for a reversal as I was near the cutoff to file a claim for the first payment. I filed the invoice and submitted the entire string of conversations. My card company agreed that it was a breach of contract and started the process of charge reversal. I contacted the seller one final time to let them know that I was done waiting and had requested a reversal from my card company. Don't send, just forget it. Suddenly, I'm getting photos of her with it in her car, not even boxed up, saying she's at UPS, wants to send it out to me right now. And that her company doesn't offer refunds. Uh, sweetie, it's not a refund. If you never sent me the tapestry, that's called theft. I held firm and told her that the time to have sent me a photo of it in the car was the day after I paid it off and the last opportunity she had to correct it was when I first asked for the refund. I told her I would even refrain from leaving a negative feedback as long as I got my money back. Now her mum is contacting me, begging me to reconsider, saying they don't have the money to refund, that this is a small business. One of them lost their job and they're the ones who stuck out their necks for me, etc. Not sure how they came to that conclusion since they have both my money and the tapestry. They don't have the money and I'll tank their business. The mum has even gone so far as to say she had personally paid for it to be overnighted to me. I am done. 
I demanded a refund. I lived with super heavy furniture moved out from the walls for over a month, anticipating delivery, and I just had to put it back in place. Am I the arsehole for insisting on a refund at this point? Now, part of me instantly wants to say this is some sort of scam that they wait until, you know, the month's over and then you can't ask for a refund anyway and they just keep stringing you along with photos. Even that last one where she said she's got it in her car, she still could have kept it a couple of days afterwards and then you may have forgotten about it and then it's gone over the limit and then you can't ask for your money back. But even if we go down the road of a legitimate business, this is not the way to run a business. If you're going to tell someone they're going to get their product, you do your very best to get it to them. Otherwise, situations like this do happen. And you end up with negative reviews and your business just tanks anyway. Get your money back. That's as simple as it gets for me. But CKODen84 says you paid. They didn't deliver. They owe you the money or the product. They didn't choose, so you chose for them. Not the arsehole. Mr. Chuchi says not the arsehole. Clearly she scammed you and is now panicking. I'd report it to the police. Craig Bybee says, not the arsehole. She probably sold that same tapestry to dozens of other customers too. You're likely just the first one to request a chargeback before the window of time ran out. TCT says, not the arsehole. They tried to scam you. You have every right to demand a refund. You might even be able to file criminal charges. Cording Television says, not the arsehole. They sound incredibly careless, so I'd want a refund as well. I would not trust that something worth thousands would arrive in good condition from them. However, I'm quite confused at the whole thing. Why did you have a payment plan over a few days rather than paying in one go? This antique tapestry worth thousands was just stored in someone's house. I'm even a little surprised it sounds like it's going to be shipped via UPS. To be honest, I probably would drive the five hours for something that expensive or at least arrange my own courier. Is any of that normal for such expensive purchases? OP replies that saying, I was actually on travel for eight weeks straight and didn't want to be high and dry financially while away from home just in case something happened. I don't have unlimited funds. I knew I wanted it, so I explained that it would either have to wait until I was home or we could do it this way. She agreed to it this way. And OP comments on their own post saying, well, everyone, I asked her one last time to return my money and she refused. A police report has now been filed. Felony theft in her state. She could have just returned the money. Wow, I am interested. I'd, I'd love a further update on this story to actually what happens. Would, would they actually get arrested for this or would they just take the money off them and be done with it? Would, would, would she get jail time for this? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Yoso Yoso. Am I the asshole for not dressing up for my wife's work event? I'm 27, she's about to be 25, and we've been married two years. Her company had this work event. It was like a high-class happy hour. Meet new hires, mingle with bosses, bring boyfriends, husbands, girlfriends, wives, the whole thing. The main issue is that I showed up in a t-shirt, blank t-shirt, jeans, a quarter-zip sweater, a pricey one by the way, and Kobe Nikes, not dirty, while everyone else was dressed up. My wife was very upset that I chose to dress like a college kid to a company event. She actually pulled me off to the side during this event and lectured me about my attire. Maybe it's worth mentioning, maybe not, but in the mid-sized town I grew up in, my folks were pretty prominent figures. And for me, that meant a lot of dressing up as a kid, which I hated. And I guess subconsciously, I vowed to avoid dressing up as much as I could when I grew up. Luckily, the company I work for is big into work from home. And when we do meet up, it's just t-shirt and jeans. My wife feels that I embarrassed her in front of her co-workers and now feels as if she has a man-child husband. Am I the arsehole? Now, I'm for someone who's always, you know, 
dress how you feel and you know dress comfortable and all this kind of thing but you pretty much said in your first two lines that her company had this work event it was like a high class happy hour and high class says it all really and you must have known how your wife was dressing was in a in more formal attire i assume so you must have known this was not gonna look good for her you showing up in a t-shirt and jeans and just because of your past history isn't an excuse to like be an ass in the situation but let's move to the comments to see what they say with a quinn good who says you're the asshole you knew what appropriate dress was for this function you made yourself look like an ignorant buffoon for not dressing correctly for the event and were not a good reflection on your wife was your intent to sabotage her at her job sheesh random zebra says you're the asshole this was for her and not for you She's also trying to make a good impression at work and you should have just supported her. Distracted Pancake says you're the asshole. A high class work function for your wife and you wear jeans. Really? Pinebox Waiting says you're the asshole. Sounds like you knew the dress code and chose to do your own thing, which was not cool since it was your wife's company event. You disrespected her and reflected poorly on her. You have no excuse and you knew you were out of line. And one more from so much for subtlety who says you're the asshole. You couldn't do this one thing to support your wife. Do you know how uncomfortable women's dress up clothes are? Grow up. She shouldn't have to suffer for your trauma. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Little quick story there. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to another story. And our next story comes from need my space. Am I the asshole? Am I the asshole for not giving up my man cave to accommodate my mother-in-law? My wife and I got married four years ago. She had two kids from a previous relationship, now eight and ten, that she has full custody of. Their dad is not much of a figure in their lives. I inherited my parents' house when they died about a decade ago, and since my wife and her kids were living in an apartment, we decided it would be easiest if they moved into my house after we got married. The kids now have their own rooms, there's a yard for them to play in, we got a dog, it's been really nice. About a year ago, my wife's dad got sick and passed away. It's been hard on a lot of her family members, but especially her mum. A few months ago, my wife brought up the idea of having her mum move in with us so that she wouldn't be alone. I was very hesitant since her mum has her own health issues and adding another adult to the house changes the dynamics of the household completely. After a lot of discussion and pressure from my wife, I finally opened up to the idea. But there are still roadblocks. The biggest being that we do not have a spare bedroom for mother-in-law. My wife's idea is to make the basement a kind of mother-in-law suite. However, I've spent the last decade turning the basement into my man cave. Think bar, pool table, poker table, big screen TVs, etc. I did a lot of the work myself and I'm pretty proud of it. I told my wife that it's pretty much a non-starter for me to give up that space as it's something I've been working on for a long time, since before I even met her. My solution is to have the kids go back to the sharing a room and mother-in-law gets the other bedroom. My wife said that her kids have gotten used to having their own space and she won't force them to give that up. I asked her why it's okay for me to have to give up my space but not anyone else. I told her I'm the one who's gaining nothing from having mother-in-law move in. Mother-in-law would get to be around family, my wife gets her mum close, kids get their grandma, and I'd have to give up something that I worked long and hard for. Doesn't exactly sound like a sweet deal for me. She called me a selfish asshole and told me I'm being ridiculous and stubborn. She told me that this is now her house too, and she's not going to make her kids sacrifice their space when we have a perfectly good space that mother-in-law could use. 
I told her that the basement is the one place in the house that I do not want changed. Under any circumstances, no exceptions. We've been fighting about this for weeks with neither of us willing to budge. My wife is getting more and more hostile towards me and our relationship is suffering. Do I just need to bite the bullet and give up my space? I think I'm already giving up a lot by allowing mother-in-law to move in with us. But am I being an asshole about this? This story felt all very one-sided to me. Like, yeah, it's not a sweet deal for you. And I feel for anyone like who's a bit on the older side and lonely now. And whilst I can understand that, that wife would want the mother-in-law to live with them. Who wants to see their parents suffering by themselves if they are that lonely? But I think living with each other as adults is a, is a different dynamic altogether, isn't it? We love our independence and having someone living with you does change everything up. Especially when they're demanding that you give up something that you've built over years that you really love and it's your space. And going again that they moved into your house, the kids moved into your house, they're not paying rent. Not willing to compromise at all in this situation. It's just mother-in-law's coming in. The kids ain't giving up any of their rooms. They love their space, which I can kind of get, which I get a little bit. Then you have to compromise where your mother-in-law's going to stay. She has to go somewhere else. You know, you can't have it all your way. That's the way it felt to me. So I'm going to go with a not the arsehole on this one. But Nico says, not the arsehole. I'm female. If I was childless with a house inherited from my parents, then later married a man with two kids who all moved in, then four years later get called selfish for not wanting to give up my craft room or whatever for his mother. To be honest, I wouldn't even entertain mother-in-law moving in. I tell him to figure out a way to rent her a place nearby as he's presumably not paying for a mortgage. I would be livid. You don't want to give up your space where you will hide when you have enough of mother-in-law. Good point. Wife doesn't want kids to share rooms. The answer is obvious. Mother-in-law should not move in. Hold fast. O2 says not the asshole. Having someone else move into your home is a situation where every adult gets a veto. Barring extraordinary circumstances. Your mother-in-law being lonely does not qualify. Would it not be a compromise to have mother-in-law move into a small apartment nearby? That way she can visit regularly but still go home at night. One sluggo says, whoa. So in a matter of a few short years, you got married, moved everyone into your home, stepkids get their own rooms and now mother-in-law moves in and you're forced to give up the room in your house you love. That's a lot of change in a short period of time. I hate being jaded, but your new wife seems to have won the lottery here. You agreed to move in her and the kids in when you got married. That was a mutual decision. It would seem like it's time for her to make a little sacrifice and move the kids into one room. But really, unless mother-in-law can't live alone and there's no senior living around you, I'm not sure why she's so keen to move mum in. She seems a little entitled and thinks nothing about forcing her will. Ashley Ray says not the arsehole. Being lonely isn't a reason to move a whole other person into your house and give them the entire basement floor. Visit her more, call her more, and take her out to do things. If she's lonely, your wife could also look into finding senior groups that she can go and do things with. How far away does mother-in-law live? Maybe the compromise is you guys help move her to a closer place to the house. Millie Barnes says, It seems as though you are expected to do all the giving. You are correct. You'll get nothing of this other than then getting to take care of your mother-in-law and like you said, changing the dynamics of your household. I would have to go with the fact that you're going to have to have a place to retreat too because if your wife doesn't have your back on this, I have a feeling that mother-in-law is going to give away a lot. I wouldn't budge an inch on this. There is nothing wrong with children sharing a room. To which Littlest Echo replies to that one. It'd be the last comment saying, I hate to say this, but I bolt very hard when my husband suggested moving his mum in with us after his brother bailed on living with her while she was recovering from COVID. My house is tiny. He wanted to move her into one of our kids' rooms. 
At the time, my kids were three-year-olds and six months old with separate rooms. The nursery is barely big enough for a crib and a tiny dresser. The now four-year-old room is barely large enough for a twin and a dresser. We couldn't move her downstairs because she was too weak to walk up and down them. We couldn't move the baby into our room or a sister's room because there was nowhere to put her crib. Husband wanted to schmuck his mum into the nursery. A twin might not even fit in there and my mother-in-law is a pack rat. We've got half of our storage space on the basement full of her stuff alone and I've been trying to get it out for the last five years. She even offered to sleep on the couch, plus one microscopic bathroom that barely accommodates a two-person home, let alone a five-person household. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And your thoughts on all of today's stories if you choose to share them. Your verdicts as well, I always love to hear them. I think it's absolutely amazing. I had a couple of people asking me if I'm going to be doing any future live streams in the future. Yes, I have planned it. Probably not this weekend, the weekend of the 9th for the 10th 21. If I do, it'd be a very last minute thing. But probably next Saturday, we might be doing a bit of a outlast as some of you have been requesting oh god you just like to punish me don't you anyway thank you so much for your love support and time today and i will see you in the next one take care guys much love are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns